Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Coming to you from the great state of Alabama and from points located all across the U.S. Eastern Seaboard, it's Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. You can find us at CosmicPotato.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, situated in a small corner in Birmingham, Alabama, only inches from a tall glass of Diet Mountain Dew, here is your host, Sean Ray. What would you do with a brain? If you had one, keep the change, you filthy animal. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Cosmic Potato, uh, the Super Fan Talk podcast. My name is Sean. Sitting across the virtual table from me is John Irons. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Rick, I am. Rick is with us as well. How are you? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm anticipatory. I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we're going to uh, talk about today uh, some of our favorite um, animated films, uh, and this is we're going to do a separate episode sometime in the future that's just going to be about Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. Oh, cool! But this this one is just going to be actual films, you know, from our childhood or current day or whatever. Uh, we're gonna. We're going to try to do five each, but, you know, we get long-winded sometimes, so if we only do three, that's fine. If we only do two, that's fine. You know, we'll just get as many in as we can. But, uh, John, I'm going to let you start today. What's your uh, What's your first on the list of your favorite animated films? Um, I presume that this was, like, recent films. I guess I didn't go back through all of time. But, uh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say my first pick would... Well, actually, qualify for both. It's it's, it's it is a it is a recent film and it's definitely it's probably one of the best films, animated films I've seen, in a long time. It's a Zootopia. Um, okay. I've probably discussed this on the show before, but then I haven't been on the show much. <laughs> it's entirely possible that I haven't. Uh, I I loved this film. Um, I'm, I'm gonna assume everybody knows the plot. Uh, small bunny moves to the big city. The big city is completely populated by animals. Zootopia, in fact. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very uh, funny. Thought it was very smart. Thought it was very clever. Uh, which, as I've said before, it's not always the same thing. Uh, it was there was a lot of, and when I say adult humor, I don't mean raunchy. I mean humor for that a kid just wouldn't get. Because they just don't have right. the, the proper frame of reference to understand all the jokes, which is it's it's I always appreciate that as a parent who has to take a as a parent who takes small children to movies and b as a small child himself in a grown up body. Uh, I, I I like <laughs> I like the best of both worlds. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know that there's more to be said about it that doesn't spoil a lot, but I, I will just say uh, you know one of the things. That I love the most about this film is there are Easter eggs everywhere. Um, yeah. Not literal eggs. <laughs> they're, they're mostly mammals in the film. But uh, yeah, little jokes, little hints, little shout outs to other movies and shows, especially Disney movies. It is very self referential, which uh, I, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, Disney's really good about making, even though they're, they're making kids' films, they're making. 
stuff that the parents are not going to be bored to tears while they're watching it. You know, especially in their quote unquote renaissance when they're doing all the Pixar films and stuff like that. Some some of the Pixar films, even though the kids' movies, they're some of my favorite movies. You know, I love The Incredibles. That was a great that was a great one. It's not on my list for the show, but you know, it's. Um, but things, but since they've been doing these computer animated films, uh, the the writing and the storytelling has gotten a lot better, along with the uh, the visual part of it. Zootopia is actually, if I had to make a list of my five favorite films that I've seen so far this year, Zootopia is actually number two on my list. It's not just a good kids movie; that it's just a good movie uh, overall. You know, I'd, I'd watch it again. So, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, what's the first one on your list? Okay, I am going back in time because I do that. Because <laughs> I'm an old part. Um, <clears throat> this this is this may be a controversial pick. I don't know. Uh, I I've loved I loved this movie when it came out in 19 what 83, when I was just getting out of high school. Um, and then uh, m- many years later, uh, a friend of mine and I convinced uh, a lady friend of ours who uh, is a staunch feminist, but for some reason that never occurred to us, uh, to come and see it with us for the first time because a, a local art house cinema was showing it and hadn't been on the screen in 20 years, blah, 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 blah. Went, oh, we've got to all go see this. And we took her to see the heavy metal movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nice. 19, ni- 1981, actually. Yeah. I, oh, 81, yeah. So um, yeah. I got a little trouble <laughs> for that one because um, – well, it's it, it's an awesome film from a science fiction and rock and roll standpoint. Uh, it is probably about as misogynistic as a movie can get and not be porn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's actually probably as close to porn as you can get and not be porn too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was a. A, uh, a game changer for animated films uh, in the in the early '80s. Uh, it was adult, and like we just said, bordering on quote unquote adult. Um, right. Lots of nudity, lots of gore. Um, uh, well, lots of well, no, not, not all female nudity. Uh, There's a strong female character at the end. Oh yeah, but of course there's that long sequence of getting dressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it it's a very quotable film. Uh, you know, my friends and I, uh, you know, like, wow, good landing, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's a movie that you could just sit there if you're a fan of it and just quote it forever and ever and ever. Uh, the voice talent is a is a who's who of comedians uh, and and actors from the 80s and and 70s. Uh, the it, it's all based on stories from Heavy Metal magazine, right? That are woven together with this sort of eh, paper thin subplot of the Loch Nahr, <laughs> which is this concentrated <laughs> evil. Um, but the, there's some awesome uh, bits in between all of the the TNA. There's some really awesome stories in there. There's some real the the, the B17 scene, which is all zombies and stuff, uh, is creepy as hell. It's one of my favorites, and the soundtrack is phenomenal. Uh, the the soundtrack is you know has a Devo and Black Sabbath and Cheap Trick and uh, um, yeah Sammy Hagar Na- Nazareth yeah. Sam yeah it, it's just it, it's an amazing if somewhat politically incorrect movie 
Uh, it's <laughs> it's some really uh, incredible animation, awesome music. Uh, just don't don't take your kids or your girlfriends. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hide yeah. the kids, hide the wife. There we go. <laughs> They made a sequel, and I never saw it, but they made a sequel in 2000 called, it, uh, it was called Heavy Metal 2000. <laughs> I saw yeah. it. It was, meh. It was, it, you know, it, did, it was nowhere near as good. On its own, it was okay. Yeah. It's a, so. yeah, and they don't make a lot of anthology type movies like that anymore because I guess, I guess uh, the younger audience today needs a one storyline to follow instead of a, a lot or whatever, but. Yeah, Heavy Metal was on my list, too. I, I, I enjoyed that movie back in the... I haven't seen it in probably 20 years, but... It's... I mean, it's still good, but wow, do you feel guilty as hell liking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and another thing, too, like, uh, you know, this being an anthology meant that you could do, what, six or seven different stories and have six or seven different animation styles... Oh, yeah. not be a, it did not be a problem. So, you know, so, you know production-wise, that, that worked out well for them, as opposed to having, you know, one two-hour movie where, you know, everything had to look, you know, had to look similar or the same. Um, you know, nobody had to wait on anybody else to finish their thing. So, um, you know, it, that's maybe um, something that, uh, a positive, I guess, to, to the idea of, more animated anthologies. That kind of reminded me. Uh, did, do you guys remember Liquid Television on MTV? Oh sure. yeah, yeah. It, it was kind of the same kind of deal where they had different kinds of animation uh, being introduced on this one show, so you could see stuff that you wouldn't normally see. Now with That's- YouTube, we can we can find all that you know instantly. But back then, that was the only way you could see a lot of that kind of stuff. That's where Eon Flux came from. That's right. where I fell in love with that show. Eon, Eon Flux. Flux and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think oh, no. when they did, you know, MTV had that show, The Max, that came on for a while. That that, right. it, that started on Liquid Television. Yeah, that was a good show. <laughs> okay, so uh, my first pick is going to be the 1978 classic Lord of the Rings by Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> which I had, right. I, I mean, uh, just... An admission, I haven't actually seen this in a long time, but I just remember when I was a kid seeing this on TV. Um, Don't watch really it again. Like, Keep that memory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's not as good as I remember it. but <laughs> No. <laughs> but it was an adaptation of The Fellowship of the Ring and, and the first half of The Two Towers. And a lot of it they filmed with real actors and then they rotoscoped it, which... They used to do a lot. They don't really do it much anymore. But it just that was, that was Bakshi's uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes for some really weird looking animation because you're looking at anima- animated characters that are moving and 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 moving like real people, and their mouths are actually moving to the words that they're saying and stuff like that. But it had voices like John Hurt and Anthony Daniels in it, and he never went back and made the second half of the story. But Rankin Bass did an animated version of The Return of the King a couple of years later because they found out that he wasn't going to go back and finish it, you know, so they, they kind of finished it themselves. So a lot of times those two films are put together as being the complete saga of The Lord of the Rings. But but yeah, it's something I remember. I remember watching it. I think they showed it to us in school because at the time it was the only film version of The Lord of the Rings that there was. Yeah. You know, right. so so that's, that's the first one on my list, Lord of the Rings, 1978. So, John? All right. Um, 
All right, so I've, I've quickly compiled my list going back in time <laughs> since, since, since we're doing that. Um, I'm still not going to go back too far, actually. Uh, this was 84, I think. Um, but uh, this was the first animated movie, maybe actually the first animated movie I saw in the theater, but definitely the first one that uh, made me run the gamut of emotions. I actually cried in this film. I cried. It was better than Cats. It was better than Thundercats, in fact. <laughs> it was Transformers the movie. Oh, yeah. I was not ready as a kid for this <laughs> film. Because, you know, I'd watched I'd watched the show for the past, you know, whatever years. Oh, Transformers the movies. Yeah, definitely. We're going to go see it. Um yeah, that was like they killed, <laughs> they killed people. Yeah, or, I, I was not ready. I had not, I'd never seen that in a really in a cartoon at all. I think Johnny Quest was the only show I ever saw that killed people. Um, and even then, it was kind of vague. But no, like they, 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 and and it wasn't just random, you know, uh, you know, villager number two that got stomped. It was like characters that you have known for the past, you know, however many years. That uh, that that bought it in in this movie, and it, and it wasn't like a standard cartoon death where the, well they get rebuilt or they you know <laughs> they come back or we go back in time and everything's fine. No, you can die. spoil it. The movie's thirty years old. <laughs> I'm 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 saying <laughs> characters died. Yeah, you know what I'm saying significant characters died, and it wasn't just one. That's the thing. Like if it was just <laughs> right. But no, it was like a lot of them. Like even some of them even didn't get like even a hero's death. Like they just you know there was one scene where Unicron, who was the giant planet-eating transformer, was the major villain of the movie. Uh, like you go inside him and you see all the the Autobots that he's captured, and he's just dropping them into the pit, basically digesting them. Right. And you're like, hey, was that Ratchet? Oh, there goes Ratchet. Damn it. <laughs> Bye, Ratchet. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, again, it was another, like you said, it's kind of an, an all-star cast, um, with a lot, I think this was, uh, Orson Welles' last role, I think, Yeah, was as, as Unicron, um, but yeah, I, I, it was the first time ever, I've ever seen, um, an animated film really just kind of up the ante like that, so, you know, there was... Transformers before the movie, Transformers series before the movie, and after the movie, the changes that took effect came through in the series. So, like, nothing was the same, like, the season that came back after the movie, which was something else that I hadn't really seen, was that kind of uh, crossover between movies and films. Generally, what would happen before that is there would be a movie, and then the, the series would come out, and they'd, you know whatever happened with the sequels of the movie had nothing to do with the series and vice versa. This is also the first time that I've, I've seen that kind of cross pollination between storylines. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I loved it. Yeah. And that was kind of uh that was a year or so before they released the uh, GI Joe, the movie. And, um, after they killed one of the characters that John doesn't want to spoil, they, <laughs> they um, they, when they made G.I. Joe the movie, they were going to kill Duke in that movie. And they actually ha ha have the death scene. You can see it in the film. They have the death scene, but 
there had been such an outcry because of you know one of those characters being killed in the other film that they went back and they added the line, "Oh, he slipped into a coma," <laughs> you know, so that he didn't actually die. And, and uh, so they were they bring him they bring him back on the show later and things. But yeah, not quite I dead. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, Transformers the movie it, it's it's a good movie, but it's there's a I don't know it's kind of hard to watch. There's just so much. I get lost in it. There's so many transformer characters hitting you all at one time and and a lot of that right. kind of also, stuff. Also also the first animated film well heavy metal notwithstanding. First animated film where they they swore. Yeah. Like they actually I think there were two or three uh it was rated PG and I was like, I don't what do you mean it's rated PG? Yeah. Why? And then you <laughs> watch it and oh that's why. Oh, because he just yeah, well you know what? I would say that too. If that happened to me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the right thing to say. Yeah, uh, but yeah, and, and I, I, you know, I can't say they didn't warn me, but uh, I, and it's not like I was like a little kid, uh, but I don't think I was thirteen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think if, if that movie were to come out today, it would probably be PG thirteen. Well, they didn't have PG thirteen back then. They didn't have PG thirteen. Until uh, what was it? Uh, Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, the hearts. Right. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Rick, what's the next one on your list? All right, going from one end of the spectrum to the other. Uh, this is a movie I first saw. <clears throat> see, I was twenty-seven, I think, and a bunch of my buddies in the Air Force were like, "You got to come over. We're going to get drunk and we're going to watch Fern Gully." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And Sorry. my first thought was, you're kidding, right? <laughs> and they're like, no, this movie is brilliant. Because, uh, you know, we're all Air Force guys. None of us had kids. None of us even had girlfriends at the time. I think it was kind of pathetic. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was awesome. Uh, Fern Gully, if you're not familiar with it, if you've seen Avatar, you've seen Fern Gully. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or vice versa. Uh, it's an Australian a cartoon i guess it came out in the early 90s um and it's about this fairy named elsa uh elsa ilsa elsa um and there's uh a uh the the they're in a rainforest and the rainforest is being chewed up by man of course and uh what you've got is this big machine called the leveler and it's just eating trees and at one point, Elsa encounters the leveler, and she thinks it's a monster. And uh, the the guy, one of the guys that's driving it. Now, it's one of those things like in remember in the in the Hobbit movies where all of the dwarves look like they came out of a cartoon, except the ones that were supposed <laughs> to uh, that that were supposed to like like the elf falls in love with, and, right. and the one we're supposed to follow. Like he, they look just look like people that happen to be a little bit smaller yeah all of the guys on the leveler look like disney cartoon characters except for zach who is animated like just a dude um and she shrinks him down to fairy size by accident don't ask (laughs) (laughs) and um then hijinks ensue but what makes this movie so incredible are two of the voice actors one is tim curry 
is the voice of the evil Hexus, who's this pollution monster, because this movie is a is a kick in the groin as far as message goes. It's just <laughs> let's yeah, let's not, write not so Save subtle. the Rainforest on a sledgehammer and beat you in the face with it for 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, subtle, not and in, in the least. But uh, Tim Curry, as always, is amazing. But the true reason to watch this movie is Robin Williams' performance as Batty Coda, a bat that escapes from an animal testing lab. And it's it's classic Robin Williams stuff. I Every time I watch it, I because we just watched it uh, a couple months ago, I introduced my little girl to it, and she loved it. Um, obviously, I didn't get her drunk <laughs> <laughs> to, to watch it. Um, but, uh, you know, I've, I've always wondered how much animators either love working with Robin Williams or hate it because it's so clear that they have to just let him go and then animate it later and then animate around his recording. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're Um, you're, like the full name of the film is in fact, Fern Gully, the last rainforest. Yes. So yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no, no, there's no doubt about what this movie is saying. Um, but if, you know, if you've got kids, it's a good movie for them. It's you know it's got a very strong environmental message, obviously, uh, and it's one that's even more relevant today than it, than than back then. Um, the the animator the animation is fine. Um, I will say that at, uh, watching it this last time, I wasn't as aware previously how um, I don't want to say sexualized. <laughs> Yes, I do actually. Uh, if you know, if you watch Peter Pan, and you watch the Tinkerbell scenes, um, they were not aimed at the kids. They, that was to get the dads in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Fern Gully is kind of in the same the same uh, vein, but uh, it's it's a it's a sweet movie. Uh, lots of good voice acting. Tone Loke does a does a cameo as a as an iguana sort of thing. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun, and if it's if you don't have kids around, get a twelve pack, and it's an afternoon. <laughs> I've never actually seen it. Yeah, will, I've never actually seen that film, but I've, I I know of it. Well, you saw Avatar. Yeah, yeah, I have seen yeah. Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I recently, um, the kids had seen Aladdin before. Uh, but we just recently, uh, I guess, got it on Amazon. So now we get like all the extras that come with it. And, um, you know, there's lots of, there's like two and a something hours of like behind the scenes and interviews. <laughs> and apparently like the animators like loved, like the story, like, you know, like we were talking about before, where the story was initially, what the film was going to be and where it ended up were, you know, really, really, really different in a lot of ways. Um, but uh, apparently, as far as how they liked working with Robin Williams, like they they loved it because because you know they they record the voices first, so a lot of it was kind of playing off of what he gave them, oh, and yeah. you know so it, it would kind of take them in directions they hadn't thought of going, you know especially with the like, with the quick hit one liners. Um, um, Oh, what's the name of the actor, the Geico guy who got fired, who does the voice of Iago? Oh, yeah. Gilbert Gottfried. Gilbert Gottfried, right. He was saying that like that one of the highlights of his career was uh, he did a line as Iago and he improv it. 
and he heard later that that line made Robin Williams laugh hysterically, and he's like, "I'm done. That's it. I'm, I, can, <laughs> I can rest in peace now. I, I made Robin Williams laugh." Yeah, that yeah, Robin Williams. Uh, like I said, I haven't seen Ferngully, but as far as Aladdin, that would be a completely different kind of movie if he wasn't in it. I don't know if if it would have the replayability that it has today without his uh, his performance there. But and it and it kind of bled over to the uh, I saw the Broadway version of Aladdin a couple of years ago when my daughter and I went with her school to New York, and the guy that's playing the genie the genie isn't trying to do Robin Williams, but you can tell that it had. Uh, an effect on his performance I think it had an effect on how the character in the play was written you know myself but mm-hmm. but yeah he definitely had a, have a, had an everlasting impact on, on that film especially so okay so my he had an everlasting effect on yeah the oh world, yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Robin Williams is definitely one of my one of my favorites he now he you go back and watch some of his films he made some weird films he wasn't always oh he made some movies I will never watch <laughs> yeah he was he was really good at, at what he did as far as comedy but he was really good at being creepy too you know <laughs> so, yeah that is yeah. correct yeah so my next pick is uh, from 1999 John I know I, I saw this in, in the theater with you I believe it was South Park Bigger Longer and Uncut <laughs> oh how could I forget that yeah wow so I I, I really thought I thought about whether or not to even add this to my list because my my love for South Park has lessened as I've gotten older, but I I, I kind of think the show kind of overstayed its welcome. <laughs> but the when the film came out, I was 22, and South Park was still very much in my wheelhouse, and I thought that this movie was perfect because it took what you loved about the show which was the stupid construction paper animation and everything, and it amped it up to make it worthy of uh, of a cinematic release with tons of characters, epic scenes, and they didn't and they didn't have to beep out any, any of the language. They actually added a lot, <laughs> you know. So uh, <laughs> and they decided to make it a musical, which I thought was genius. You know, it it, it kind of parodied Disney yeah. in that way, and it had songs that are still stuck in my head. I still will belt out and start singing I'm super thanks for asking you know all the time so, <laughs> so um, like I said I'm I'm afraid my favorite song in that movie I can't even say the oh, title yeah. on this yeah. show yeah Kyle, Kyle's yeah. mom uh, no uncle yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and actually, uh, we were speaking uh, about uh, Robin Williams. He actually performed one of their songs at the Oscars the year that they were nominated. And, oh, yeah, that's right. Blame yeah. Canada. Blame Canada. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. But yeah, that's definitely in my top five. Is uh, even though I don't watch the show, do they even make the show anymore? I don't know. Oh yeah, it's it's still yeah, on. It's still running. Um, I haven't watched it in a, in at least yeah, ten years. Um. Which I, you know, it's funny because I remember when it first came out, uh, before it premiered, uh, I was seeing the ads for it, and I was like, "This is this is going to be terrible. <laughs> this really looks terrible." And then my, my my same friend that I that I took to see heavy metal, she she was she and her husband were I was I, I was their roommate for a yeah. long time. Uh, so we uh, she's uh, I, she also was the head of the the fe- all female improv comedy troupe that I was the technician for. Uh, so, you know, we, she is not in any way a prude. I didn't, you know, but she's also not, you know, her, her, her comedy sensibilities are, are usually fairly highbrow. Uh, 
And I remember we watched the premiere of South Park and we were both when Cartman farted fire, <laughs> we both were on the floor. We could not breathe. <laughs> and that's the genius of Parker and Stone is they can take absolute basement level lowbrow humor and mix in enough social commentary that you're laughing your ass off at these stupid jokes in between all of this this biting satire and that's what bigger longer of uh, uh, an uncut was all about in between going oh my god i don't believe they just showed that was you know the the whole through line of you know and and uh, Car- uh, uh uh, not Cartman, Stan's mom even says the thesis of the film. We don't care if you see horrific violence as long as you don't say any right. bad words. Um, you know, that was the, 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 the whole point of the movie, which has only gotten worse since then. Uh, you know, they are, they are just geniuses at couching very important, very relevant, very intelligent issues inside all of these incredibly baseline poo-poo jokes. <laughs> And the, and I think bigger, longer, uncut is a is is a genius film. I'm I'm, I I was amazed any part of it got nominated for an Oscar. I didn't expect it to win anything, but just the fact that it got that something of it got nominated, I think shows how brilliant the film is, despite it being easily written off as just a bunch of dick yeah. jokes. And 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 like I said, it was it was a successful film. You know, it made money. One of the songs was uh, was nominated for an Academy Award, and then they never made another movie. You know, and I think it was just Parker and Stone just saying, "Hey, we just wanted to prove that we could, <laughs> we could make a successful yeah. movie out of these characters. <laughs> We're not really interested in making a whole series of films out of this." You know, but but yeah. Well, you know what's weird is back when South Park was, uh, I think maybe it was maybe its second or third season when it was really at the peak of its popularity. They, I saw them in an interview saying, "Yeah, we don't want to do this forever. You know, we don't want to be in our our fifties going. Oh my God, they killed Kenny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're still yeah. doing it though. I, I, they get paid. They're getting paid. I, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, going behind the scenes once again. Uh, they had said that you know they 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 get compared to The Simpsons a lot, obviously, and um, you know, well, they're like, okay, the difference between us and The Simpsons." In terms, of, like production-wise, is we can like something can be on the news, we can you know knock out a script and send it to our animators, and like they'll have it back in like two weeks, yeah. you know. So they they can be very very timely, and, which is one of the things that like The Simpsons, of course, on a smaller scale or or on a longer scale, uh, has allowed them to keep going because the material doesn't necessarily ever get stale because they can always do. You know, they can always comment, like you said, on on whatever's happening, like right now in the news. Yeah, and and technology has has made things like that faster because when they first started, like I said before, they were actually cutting out their characters out of construction paper and putting them on a board and taking a picture of right. it. And now they can do the whole show on a computer, and it'll look the same. They can just get it made a lot a lot faster. So, okay, John, what's the next one on your list? Uh, I think I'm gonna cheat. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna do a trilogy because I, I I really can't think of them separately anymore. Um, and these would be the the adventures of uh, Buzz and Woody, the Toy Story one, two, and okay. three. Uh, the first movie I thought was good. 
Um, it, it was entertaining. It was funny. Um, you know, buzzing. Sorry, my dogs <laughs> in the room. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, all right, spoilers. Uh, so Woody is, uh, the favorite toy of little boy. Oh, boys. God. Oh, no. No, I... <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to tell you the ending. Um, I'm just going to say there's a lot of love. Uh, so Woody, Woody's the favorite toy, and he gets a new Buzz Lightyear, who is a newfangled beeping talking contraption. Uh, Buzz and Woody get left behind and have to make their way back to uh, the little boy. And yeah, yeah, fine. Disney road flick. I don't like you. You don't like me. We got to work together. Blah, blah, blah. Um, good, funny. Like you said, lots of quotable lines. Toy Story 2, I'm actually, I liked less. I liked it, but I didn't think it was quite as good as the first one. Toy Story three sealed the deal for me. Like it, it was. Uh, it brings everything right. full circle. Everybody's storyline because it, the the characters in Toy Story age, um, pretty um, concurrently with the year that the movie came out. So I think the second movie came out uh, maybe five years later after the first, and the third movie came out probably ten years after that. So the boy who I think is ten, and or eight, eight or ten or so in in the first movie, is heading off to college in the last movie, and you know you don't you don't keep all your toys when you grow up, and that's that's part of the storyline, which um, you know it 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 is about love and loss and sticking together and what's important. And, you know, what do you want your legacy to be and how you hold your friends dear and what does a family mean and all that stuff that, you know, are typically hit on in a family movie. Um, but also a, a liberal sprinkling of uh, one of the things I loved about Zootopia, lots of inside jokes, lots of self-referential humor, lots of jokes that kids just really wouldn't get. And in fact, some jokes that I had to, I was like, what, what did you just say? <laughs> For example, uh, Toy Story 3 takes place largely in like a daycare right. center. The, the majority of the toys have been donated, or donated themselves rather, to a daycare center because Andy, I'm sorry, is the boy's name. You know what, Andy's growing up, he's, he's going to trash us. At least here we can you know, be played with by other kids. So the toys decide to go to a daycare center, uh, only to discover that it is run uh, basically by the toy mob, um, and that toys that get out of line are are put in the box, which is I think like the sandbox right. outside. And so, as part of their elaborate scheme of escape, Mr. Potato Head allows himself, Don Rickles, allows himself to be captured by uh, Big Baby, who is a, a talking baby toy, who is the enforcer of the mob. And as he's, you know, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll do anything you want. I'll change your diaper. <laughs> Which, the first time I saw it, I didn't think much of. But then you put it in the context of a convict trying not to go into, into solitary. Right. Um, and you, you, you 
perhaps recognized a euphemism that would not be appropriate for a children's <laughs> movie and made me laugh so yeah. much harder. Uh, there's two scenes, I think, in that film that, at least two scenes, that literally brought me to tears. Uh, one was a scene of impending peril for these toys, and there really seems no way out, and they go from trying to escape to accepting their fate. And the second is at the very end where, as a viewer, it's um, it's a an adult Andy, um, a child that we met in this film, and the uh, the remaining toys from the movie, um, all playing together. And you know, for me, that is one of really the 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 best scenes, not just of an animated film, but really in film because you can, or at least I could, relate to every single character in that scene. Um, you know, what everyone was feeling, even though the toys weren't moving, based on, you know, the rest of the films, you know what they're experiencing. You, and, you know, as a, the young adult, and I'm getting choked up, you think I'm <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't do this. By the way, this is why I haven't seen Toy Story 3, is everybody I know has said it's going to make you cry your eyes out. I don't want you to, but don't focus on, like, it's not like it's a sad movie no. at all. It is, it is, it is, it is an emotional movie. And it doesn't have a right. sad ending. Like, you know, it's it's it, it is, there's it, a sad period in it. Right. Know. Yeah, it's, okay. it's not like it's, it's not emotionally manipulative. It is emotionally sincere. Which is always better, um, but yeah, like it—it it is. I'm, I don't probably gushing about it, but no, it's 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 a it's a really great film, and I don't I, I wouldn't put it on the list just by itself, um, because it, it is a good film by itself. But you really need all three, I think, for the full to get the whole story. You know, it's kind of like I don't I don't think of the Lord of the Rings as there are like three chapters of the same book. I feel the same way about uh, the Toy Story trilogy. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to put yeah, those all I together. Saw the, I saw my last the first book. one. Um, so the first one came out in, what, 95? So that was my senior year of high school. So I, my yeah, kids I weren't born yet. But I did see the film because, you know, like that insurance commercial says, you know, when you're a movie nerd, you see movies because that's what you do, you know. So, <laughs> so, so I saw it. <laughs> And then the second one came out about the time that my son was probably about two or three, so he was right in that age. And then when I took I took both my kids to see the third one in the theater, and when that scene came up where there's, like you said, there's a scene of impending peril, and they're kind of accepting their fate, and I'm watching this film, and I'm like realizing, hey, I'm kind of attached to these characters, and I'm a grown man. <laughs> you know? so, uh, so, yeah, yeah, it gets you yeah. right in the feels. <laughs> There, there's like one scene, uh, to my recollection, I did not cry at any point during the first Toy Story movie. The second one, uh, I did because it is, it is these like one of the characters, one of the new characters that's introduced, tells the story of uh, why she, does, <laughs> why she doesn't yeah. trust kids and adults because basically she gets, she gets, uh, she gets donated 
by her kid who she thought would never leave her behind. And man, that song! If it wasn't yeah. for the song, I probably wouldn't. Have, it probably wouldn't have got me. But the song just. Uh, and they're ma- right in my they're making heart. a fourth one now, but it's going to be. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming they're going to introduce some new characters, but it's going to be about them after they go to live with the little girl because they've had a couple of TV specials that have come out since the third one came out, and they all they all take place yeah, at the new had- house with the new. The new little girl and all that, and some new there's some new toys involved and and all that. So, right. I've, have I've, you seen I've, the to- the toy yeah, that time forgot? Yeah. Yes, we we have that. My my little girl likes it. I just I like Christian Shaw. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, they they did that one. There was one um, Toy Story of Terror yeah, or something Halloween like that. Special. Was, yeah. The Halloween. Yeah, so they've done a few, and they've done some of the shorts. Um, I've, 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 yeah, I've, I've enjoyed them. I've, I felt like it, it, you know, it hasn't gone downhill since the. Um, I feel like it, you know, Toy Story three did a an admirable job of passing the torch. So any movie that comes, the shorts that I've seen after that, and any movie that comes after that, I, I feel, uh, I, I don't feel like they're, uh, you know, disconnected. From from the Toy Story movies, well, you know, I, I think it's safe to say that with the very very rare exception, uh, Pixar does not mess up. They they may have films that you don't that that may be less favorite, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know that they've ever done a bad movie. Uh. <laughs> and I, I, Cars I, may come close, but. I would I would say that Cars was would be kind of on the lower end. Cars was Cars was okay. Cars was eminently he made enough money for them to make a second one. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cars was Cars was okay. The the Pixar movie I'm thinking of actually was the Good Dinosaur. I even though we own it, I still have not seen the Good Dinosaur all the way through. I've I I and I've started to watch it like a couple times, and just lost interest. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I have is, watched it. I watched uh, it, and it's not. Quite it's a not. A, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. It's just it, it's different. It's a lot slower than some of the other films that they've made. So, and they they kind of buried it because they didn't release it as a big summer movie. They released it the same year as one of their other big films that came out. I think, and they released it like in the spring because they knew that it wasn't going to be as big. Yeah. Um, Inside yeah, Out, I sure think, came out the same The Toy Story out. also has the distinction of uh, bringing new life to some of the toys. Uh, like, I don't think any kids now would be playing with Mr. Potato Head if it hadn't been for Toy Story. Or <laughs> or Slinky Dog right. or anything like that, you know. So, But, okay. Rick, what's the next one on your list? All right. We're going to go back in time again to 1977. Okay. Uh, another Ralph, Ralph Bakshi uh, classic. Uh, Wizards. <laughs> that was one of that's a great ending. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, Wizards was uh, now now we were talking about Bakshi earlier, where Bakshi likes to take live actors and then rotoscope yeah. over them. Um, Wizards was a again not terribly subtle uh, anti-nuclear war f- film. Uh, the the premise is that 
we're something like 10,000 years in the future after a nuclear war and the the scorched earth uh, is starting to come back to life and one of the the byproducts of that is magic has rearisen so you've got fairies and elves and and various things and in the in the badlands in the radioactive wastes uh, you've got mutants uh, roaming roaming around and the story is about two brothers avatar and black wolf uh, one they're both powerful wizards uh, avatar is he's a cigar smoking kind of new york guy uh but he's he's perfectly healthy and black wolf is his his twin brother but who is a, a radioactive mutant and uh it's their their battle for supremacy over the scorched earth and that that's the story is very simplistic um what what happens is uh black wolf discovers technology he his his minions dig up old technology movie projectors and tanks and airplanes and stuff like that whereas the the good uh, and happy wizard avatar and his fairies and elves and stuff they're all about magic and nature and stuff like that um it sounds really corny but it's done with this wonderful 70s era kind of cynicism uh, that is really a lot of fun. I quote that movie all the time. Um, it, it's just, it's hard to describe if you haven't seen it. Um, back in the, back in the seven, in, in the, in like the sixties and seventies, there was a, a thing called national yeah. lampoon. Now everybody knows about like national lampoons vacation and you know, the movies they do now, but national lampoon was a magazine um for a lot for the longest time and they also they 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 were a comedy troupe that put out records you know these big vinyl discs that you put a needle on <laughs> um, <laughs> um and i think wizards is very much in the vein of some of that that sort of comedy that sort of borscht belt sort of new englandish uh very biting humor and while the overall story of the movie is unremarkable, there are wonderful little vignettes through the whole thing that make the movie a joy to watch. Uh, have either of you seen it? I've seen it. I, I've probably seen it twice, I think. And I think we actually own it on uh, on a VHS. But it's it's been you know, at least 15 years yeah. since I've seen it, at least. I mean, I will grant you, it is horribly <laughs> dated. If you if you watch it, you, you're definitely watching a, a, a product of the time it was made in, uh, you know, almost like a Charlton Heston movie where you cannot divorce it from the fact that it was made in the 70s. Um, but it, it's a lot of fun. I think if, if you can just relax and, in, and enjoy it uh, and you get, get it's got lots of little little references to animators and comic book artists and stuff, um, a lot of of uh, avatars incantations are just the names of people that, that did comic books and, and, uh, and, and, uh, fantasy art and stuff. It's, it, it's a nerd's paradise, but it's also got a very strong, uh, message that's worth seeing. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it, but I've, I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. And I do remember National Lamp and I, I used to work in a bookstore and, um, we had copies of that on the magazine rack that we'd grab and, Sit in the break room and read them, <laughs> and put them back out on the rack. <laughs> so, yeah. 
to call it subversive humor, I think would be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I had a copy of I had a copy of a novel that they put out called Board of the Rings that uh, uh you know I read that and I didn't care for it, but their their parody of Dune uh, is one of my all-time favorite books. Yeah, well, this I actually read this when I, I was probably about 13 when I read it, and it, I found it in a stack of my dad's old books and stuff. So when I read it, and it had you know some dirty parts and stuff in it, so a 13-year-old boy thought it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. But <laughs> the uh, the one on my list that I want to mention before we wrap up is um, 1987's Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and. I, that's kind of oh, cheating yeah. because it's not nice. entirely animation, but I can't talk about animated movies without bringing this one up. Because when I was 11 years old, I thought this was the greatest movie that ever was ever made. You know, <laughs> it was a mixture, like I said, of live action had animation. It had been that had all been done before, even though when it came out, they wanted to act like they were the first ones to ever do it. You know, Mary Poppins had done it, Bed Knives and Broomsticks, Song of the South, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But um, it had never been done as like a full the whole movie was that way you know and um it, they had a mixture of studios you know Warner Brothers and Disney it's the only official time that you'll probably ever see Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the screen together and uh and one <laughs> thing i didn't know i was kind of doing research for the show but it was based on a novel by Gary Wolf who he wrote a book yeah he wrote oh, really? a book called Who Censored Roger Rabbit and it was actually the cartoon characters in the book are actually comic strip characters. They're not they're not cartoon characters. And so when they would talk, speech bubbles would come out of their mouth and stuff like that. And what the, what they would do is have the characters get together and arrange a scene and they would take a picture of it and that would be what came out in the Sunday paper for the for the comic strips and stuff. So but he was <laughs> nice. one of these writers that once they made a successful film based on his book he tried to go back and make sequels to his book just to get another movie made out of it. So he, so he, when he made the second book, he changed it so that it was cartoon characters and he had characters from the movie that weren't in his original book and stuff, you know, so it's kind of weird, but the sequel never happened because of, uh, number one, the studio thing, the studios kind of argued about who the movie belonged to because they all had a part in it and stuff. And then, Steven Spielberg didn't want to have anything to do with it because they were wanting to make a prequel that took place during World War II, and he didn't want to make a comedy that had Nazis in it, you know, and and stuff like that. But when I was 11, I think I went... This was one of the first films that I actually went to see in the theater twice because my mom took me to see it. And then a couple weeks later, my dad was taking us to the movies, and he's like, I want to see that movie, you know? <laughs> so we went to see it again. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is definitely... Uh, one of those films that I like to go back and watch. I try to get my kids to watch it, and they and they think it's stupid, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know, there's at, at every good convention there is at least one Jessica Rabbit cosplayer, which makes life <laughs> worth living. Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I will say you did um, just for uh, nerd trivia, uh, Bugs Bunny. And Mickey Mouse also appeared with various other cartoon characters. I can't remember what channel it aired on. I think it aired on various channels. But basically, it was uh, like a 30-minute special uh, 
about you know don't use drugs. Oh yeah, the Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons to the rescue. I remember that because yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Right. Yeah, we'll have to talk. We'll have to talk about. We'll, we'll, we're going to do a Saturday morning show sometime soon, so we'll have to talk about that. Yeah, but that was that's. I've, I went back on YouTube and watched that not too long ago. <laughs> it doesn't hold up well, but it's still, <laughs> it was it no, was, no, it wasn't that good. Yeah. at the time actually. <laughs> um, Actually, I had a had a couple of uh, questions I wanted to pose to the group about uh, animated films, and I know we're coming close on time, yeah, so I'll ask ahead. them quickly. Um, question number one: uh, What do you guys think about the trend of like live action versions of Disney's like animated films? I think they've done three or four, probably got another, you know, two or three in the pipeline. Uh, the latest, I guess, would be uh, Jungle yeah. Book, right? And like Tarzan, I think is coming. Yeah, they're making next. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast are coming, right? I, you know, I I was watching a trailer for The Jungle Book at some movie I saw recently, and it dawned and it occurred to me, it's not a live action version. Mog- well, Mowgli's yeah. live, but everything else is CGI, so it's it's really still animation, just kind of better animation. So I don't yeah. quite see the point. And I mean. It's so it's okay with me as long as they're done well because the ones that I've seen like I I went to see the Jungle Book it was it was good you know um, I went to see um, I didn't go to see we watched Cinderella a while back and my wife really liked it it was okay you know um, I, but I think it does kind of show that they're kind of running out of out of ideas because you know they're going back and they're making <laughs> right. movie versions of these old cartoons which get the yeah, it gets the kids more interested in going back and watching some of the older stuff or whatever, but it just shows me that they're they're either running out of ideas or they're just trying to make money off of it or whatever, you know. Like um I wanna I wanna say Alice in Wonderland, but Alice in Wonderland really wasn't a live action version of that movie. It was something completely different. It was like Right. And right. um um, and I saw Alice through the Looking Glass uh, this week at the drive-in, and that movie's not even based on the book. They they just took the title and made something completely different out of it. <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, some of the I I don't know how far they're going to go with it because I don't know if I want to see a live-action version of Aladdin and uh, and things like that. But but I don't know. Yeah, I I. I think I'm. I kind of agree with both of you. Um, it's it's it, you know the number one is you know is it a good movie, and you know number two is what's the point? Like it, you know, is it just to see like a realistic looking version of a tiger yeah. instead of a cartoony tiger? Uh, no, okay, fine, I guess. And uh, my my second question, Rick, you actually answered or or kind of mentioned with your answer to my first question is should movies like that are that are basically CGI or take place in a CGI world like Jungle Book or uh, Avatar um, where you know 90% of it is 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 animated anyway should those just be considered animated films and you know like when the Oscars come around could could you nominate um Avatar or Jungle Book for best animated film. That's an interesting question. I hadn't really thought of it that yeah, way. Yeah, I think because yeah, uh, most uh, of Avatar yeah. wasn't real. Hmm. Yeah, I, almost none of it. Like, and I think 
you know, from, uh, you know, uh, I think uh, Happy Feet, um, obviously mostly computer animated, but there's there's a couple of scenes with like actual yeah. people in it. So is that any different than, I don't know, actor, you know, Will Smith running around in a green suit in a green room, jumping off a green block to another green block? And everything around well, it is painted in. I don't think they're gonna, going to be able to consider movies like that to be "quote unquote" animation just because of the fact that ninety percent of the movies that are coming out now have so much animation in them that you would end up having to call three fourths of what's coming out of Hollywood animation. You know, um, every movie is going to have certain aspects of it that's going to have animation in it. Like even the the last Hunger Games movie. Philip Seymour Hoffman died before he finished making that movie. So some of his scenes, he's completely a computer-generated character. He's not even there, you know. And they they put him in the dark so that you couldn't really see it as much. But, you know, if Avatar, I know, has more of it. Most of the movie is animated, but I think there's enough of it. And I think that um, they don't want to advertise it as animation because they think that that might keep some people away from the theater to see it you know oh i don't want to if they advertise it as being animated oh i don't want to go see a cartoon you know but if they say it's live action science fiction then oh yeah i'll go see that you know sure maybe maybe that's maybe we need to maybe the three of us here need to uh (laughs) devise a, a a a formula like what percentage of your film uh has to be live action live action before before you consider yourself live yeah, action, I, I need to yeah, think about that because I'm not sure where I'm at, where I am on that. I hadn't, I had not considered this question before. That's an excellent question. Now, now you've got me really, yeah, because yeah, I mean, hurts. if you're one, <laughs> if you're one person, if you're if like, if they've got one actor basically, you know, and everything else around him or her is, you know, fictional, you know, does that. Yeah, because then you have to go back to I mean, like, like, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy and all that. When so much of that film was made with a green screen, that well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking more like what's a good example? I would say Tron, like the original Tron. It, it might might kind of start to blur that line. That might be kind yeah. of on the edge. But even then, they had a lot of well, like actual actors, and you could like see their faces and stuff. I, mean, yeah. I guess, yeah. So, all the characters yeah, probably, were real people. Yeah, all the characters were real right? So I guess that all the environments were fake. But there were, a, I think there were enough real people. Maybe that's, maybe that's what the, the percentage is. How many actual human <laughs> faces, uh, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's not a percentage of background or surroundings. Maybe it's a percentage of actors. If you're the one actor who's actually there and everybody else around you is animated are you just that guy in the animated film yeah like song of the south like i brought up earlier you know there's one guy and then everything around him is cartoon right you know do you consider that a an animated film and i think they do because if you pull up if you pull up animated movies that's going to come up in the list you know yeah i think generally i think you're right i think that's considered an animated film um, but then you got films like I don't know if you guys remember the film Monster House that came out probably about 10-12 years ago but 
it's yeah, animated, it's animated. But the whole thing was filmed with real people. They put the little dots all over their bodies and stuff and filmed it on the green screen and then animated over it. You know, so. <laughs> right, but I I, I would yeah. still say that's animated because that's that's um. You know, that, that, yeah, that's that's that that is the process of their animation. You know, it's based on a live performance, like you say. I mean, he listed what yeah. two Bakshi. That's basically what they did. You know, with the technology that they had, they just they they had somebody act it out, and then they basically right. painted over it. Um, so it, it's based on a real performance, but it it was animated after the fact. This sounds like a uh, like a good topic for another show. <laughs> we could we could dig into that for a while, I believe. But uh, let me just a good question yeah, for another time. Let me just real quick uh, honorable mention, which I know is not technically an animated film. It's actually animatronics, but the Dark Crystal from 1982, which is probably another film that's not as good sure. as I remember it being, because <laughs> I was probably an I was, still pretty good. It's actually I was in elementary good. school. It's pretty still good. pretty good. Elementary pretty well. school. The last time I saw it, it came yeah. out in 1982. So, but uh, but yeah, Henson Henson stuff usually holds holds its own. Yeah, he well. had that show uh, that was I, he he probably died while it was actually on the air. But it was uh, was it Muppet? I think it might have been Muppets Tonight. They did like a 30 minutes of the Muppets, and then right after that, uh. yeah, right after <laughs> that, they did a 30 minute uh, segment that was part of the one hour show. That was Jim Henson's version of different fairy tales and things like that, and, uh, and yeah, I, I used to love that when I was a kid. That but. was that was after he died, I think. I think you're right. I think it was yeah, like it was, right about that same like time, like ninety-one, ninety-two, and um, that, yeah. The uh, the storyteller was the name of the his okay. fairy tale series. Jim Henson's yeah. the storyteller. Good show. <laughs> Okay, well, I think that's uh, that's good. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up this episode. So uh, I do want to mention um, this episode is probably gonna drop on uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week. So if you uh, um, next weekend, which is uh, June the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, if you're in the Birmingham area, come out to Magic City Con. I'm gonna be there. Rick's gonna yeah, Rick's gonna, gonna be there, and uh, <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. You know, it's it's not as huge as Comic Con, but it's but it's it, it's a relatively uh, smaller convention, but it's a good convention. You know, we ha- we're gonna have a lot of panels there. There's gonna be a lot of podcasts showing up and doing some some games and things like that. We're actually gonna be hosting a, a Jeopardy game on Saturday night, so you can come out and take part in that. Maybe win a T-shirt or something, and. Uh, so I just wanted to mention that. If you're in the Birmingham area, come on through. The whole weekend is only going to cost you $35. So, and you're going to get to meet some uh, some voice actors from various uh, animation uh, properties and some video games and things like that. So, so come on out. So, All right. Well, uh, Rick, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. All right. John, thanks. My pleasure as always. All right. So uh, that's it for this episode. We'll get another one together and, and get it to you in the next couple of weeks. So until then, thanks. We'll see you in the future. 